Welcome to A Beggar Who Found Bread. I am Brad Alexander, your host and resident beggar who found bread behind the door. And I'm trying to let other beggars know where I found it. The bread of life, Christ Jesus, Messiah, Yeshua. This episode, Who's Behind the Door? That is a great tune by Zebra off their debut self-titled album, which I think was their most commercially successful album, actually. Crazy thing about these guys, I honestly always thought they were from Canada. It's because they're a prog rock trio, and the lead singer has this crazy falsetto voice, a la Triumph and Rush, two Canadian trio bands. And so I just thought they were part of it. Turns out they're actually from Nolens, Louisiana. They're from Nolens, man. That's not even near the Canadian border, I don't think. But, well, I guess there is that French connection. So they got that going for them, which is nice. Okay, never mind. A buddy of mine actually did just catch lead singer Randy Jackson. No, not the country singer Randy Jackson and not the dude from American Karaoke. No, Randy Jackson of Zebra was doing an intimate acoustic show in New York. And a friend of mine just caught him, videoed a little bit of it and posted it last year. And that was pretty cool. I do got to say, though, the falsetto voice, yeah, it hasn't aged real well. Can't hit those high notes like he used to, but uh, anyway, he had a good run, and now we need to get running, because it's not about the music, it's about the message. Who's behind the door? We are finally here. It's the last of the seven churches from Revelation, and if you're keeping score at home or want to check out the episodes about the other six churches, you can find them in these episodes. The church in Thyatira is on the Black Magic Woman episode. The church of Sardis is discussed in Comfortably Numb. Ephesus is the Owner of a Lonely Heart episode. You'll find Smyrna on Stronger. I Am the Sword is where we covered Pergamum. Then Philadelphia Freedom. And if I have to tell you which church that covers, well, you probably... Okay, never mind. That wouldn't be in brotherly love, so I'll just stop myself. You, just listen to it. Now, on to number seven, and let's just say we did not necessarily save the best for last. On this episode, we're going to discuss the church at Laodicea. So we'll begin in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14. To the angel of Messiah's community in Laodicea write, Thus says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. Oh, that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I am about to spew you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have made myself wealthy, and I need nothing. But you do not know that you are miserable and pitiable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich, and white clothes so that you may dress yourself and so the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed, 
and eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. To the one who overcomes, I will grant the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I myself overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, Ruach, is saying to Messiah's communities. Revelation three fourteen through 22. Messiah introduces himself to this church as the Amen, which means so be it, or certainty, it is done, the Amen. Now, how is that for starters? The Amen is addressing you. Dude, I mean, that's, that's just straight fire right out of the chute. And then he is the faithful and true witness. I, th- I think I need to do an episode just on the way Yeshua introduces himself in these letters because they will preach, every one of them. If you don't get a little bit jacked up <laughs> about how he refers to himself in these letters, please check your pulse. It's like that the one pastor who told his congregation, if the dead in Christ rise first... This church will have a 15-minute head start on everyone else. Okay, that's a little rough. But man, that's good stuff. He then, Messiah says, he is the originator of God's creation. Oh, I love this. And it brings to mind so many scriptures referring to Yeshua, Jesus, as creator. John 1, 1 through 4 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him, nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Then Colossians 1, 15 and 16. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And then Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Mm. The originator of God's creation. He lets the leaders of this congregation in Laodicea know I know your deeds. And again, our works, our deeds are our fruit. They're the fruit of our lives. We will be known by our fruit. Good tree, good fruit. Bad tree, evil fruit. 
And who defines good deeds versus bad? Adonai Elohim, the Lord our God. Good works or deeds all stem from loving Adonai Elohim with all our heart, soul, and strength, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. Walking in the way. Observing His laws, commands, statutes. Loving Him and loving our neighbors. Serving others to His glory. He says that that from their deeds, the deeds of Laodicea, he knows they are neither cold nor hot. He desires they were either cold or hot, but because they are lukewarm, he is about to spew them out of his mouth. Now, I've heard this said to mean Yeshua, Jesus, would rather they were or we would be fervent, hot towards the things of God or obstinate, cold towards them. Like, it would be better for someone if they never even knew of God, never even started a faith relationship with God, if, if it would be better for them to be cold towards Adonai's ways, just completely. And that statement is not completely without merit. It's actually got merit. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20. For if, after escaping the world's pollutions through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua the Messiah, they again become entangled in these things and are overcome, the end for them has become worse than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than, after learning about it, to turn back from the holy commandment passed on to them. What has happened to them confirms the truth of the proverb, a dog returns to its vomit, and a scrubbed pig heads right back into the mud. So, it is, it is possible, plausible, all of the above, that that is exactly what Messiah is saying to Laodicea. You'd be better cold to the ways of righteousness than lukewarm. I wish I would that you were cold or hot. There is another facet to consider in this letter regarding the cold, hot, and lukewarm um, references. And th there were springs of water that ran directly into the city of Laodicea. Now, we have to remember that in each of these letters, when you read through each of these letters, Yeshua uses local attributes of the cities to describe their situation. So there were hot springs of Herapolis, which I'm probably not pronouncing correct, but anyway, hot springs flowed from Herapolis and cold springs flowed from Colossae. They ran right into Laodicea, where they converged, and when they converged, the water became lukewarm. So, hot water is good for cleansing things, it's good for healing, and cold water is used for refreshing, and even, at times, keeping things cold, refrigerating things, keeping things cool. So, 
each one of these springs has a purpose. But when they blend together and become lukewarm, blah. Give me an, a nice cold glass of water or a hot cup of coffee. But give me either one lukewarm, pass. Not interested. See, lukewarm is actually the prime temperature for most bacteria to breed. There's nastiness with lukewarm. And so I believe the reference here could again refer to the deeds of the people. Do deeds that are either cleansing and healing or that are refreshing and invigorating, hot or cold deeds, but lukewarm? You're just going through the motions at best. It's pointless. You're about to be spewed out. Messiah goes on. For you say, I am rich, I have made myself wealthy, and I need nothing. But you do not know that you are miserable and pitiable and poor and blind and naked. This is actually the complete opposite of what he told the church at Smyrna. Remember what he said to them? He said, I know your tribulation and your poverty, though you are rich. See, to, to the natural eye... That church, Smyrna, oh, they were they were poor, they were in trouble, they're going through tribulation. But Messiah knew they were rich. They were rich in faith. They were rich in, in their works of faith. And to these folks, they think they're rich. They, people look at them and, wow, they've got it all together. They've got it going on. Look at them. They're rich. They got the possessions. They're wealthy. They don't need anything. But Messiah says, no. They're miserable, pitiable, poor, and blind and naked. And yes, I know a lot of people look at, look at Laodicea and they think of the American church or the Western church. And I, I definitely see application here, but I don't think it's specifically and only Laodicea that applies to uh, modern day churches. Every one of these churches, there's application in every one of these letters to uh, to modern-day churches. So, to Laodicea, he says, you think you're rich, wealthy, and you need nothing, but you're poor, miserable, pitiable, blind, and naked. So there's a couple things we should know about Laodicea. First, they minted coins. There's the, uh, there's also uh, history that says that they that they were a banking center for the area well as well in Asia Minor but they they minted coins they printed money they were also known for their textiles and they were a source for a balm used for treating eye issues problems with the eyes so they print money make clothes. And they make an ointment that heals vision. And what does Messiah say? He says they are poor, blind, and naked. He uses their strengths to point out their spiritual weaknesses. So what does he tell them to do? I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white clothes so that you may dress yourself and so the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And 
eye salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Buy from me gold refined by fire that you may be rich. What was it that made Smyrna rich, though they were financially poor? It was their faith, which was evidenced by their deeds, right? Gold refined by fire is what Messiah is telling Laodicea to, to buy from him. First Peter 1.7 says, So that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Faith tested by fire. And 1 Corinthians three twelve and 13 says this, Now if anyone builds on the foundation, and we know there is only one foundation, no one can lay any other foundation than that which has been laid, which is Messiah Yeshua, Christ Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. For the day will show it because, it, because it is to be revealed by fire, and the fire itself will test each one's work, what sort it is, whether it is wood, hay, or straw, or whether it is gold, silver, or precious stones. So... The, the white, or I'm sorry, the, the gold refined by fire that Messiah is talking about here. He is talking about faith, which is evidenced by deeds, deeds, works of faith. And then he tells them, buy white clothes to cover the shame of nakedness. Well, white, of course, symbolizes purity, righteousness. Look at what Revelation 19 reveals about the garment of the bride of Messiah. And the, the bride who is the followers of Messiah Yeshua, Christ Jesus. Revelation 19.8 says this about the bride. She was given fine linen to wear, bright and clean. For the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints, the Kedoshim. And so we continue to see he knows our deeds. And they are important. Salvation is by grace through faith in Messiah Jesus. 100%. 100%. It is all about what he has done. Our deeds reflect that we have turned from our old lawless ways and are following the new and living way in Messiah Yeshua. They reflect our love for Adonai and our neighbors. And then there's the eye salve that he tells them to buy. And again, it's, it's what is produced in Laodicea, but it's produced for people with poor eyesight or with eye problems. Messiah is telling them they need to take their own medicine, take some of their own medicine, that they need spiritual eyesight so that they will stop looking at what is temporary and look to the eternal they focus so much on their wealth and their possessions, and that's where they find their comfort and security, and they're blind to the true riches. He goes on to say, Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. I, I guess 
we'd have to say it here. If, if you have never been rebuked by the Lord, you're going to have to ask yourself a question. Because he says he rebukes and disciplines those whom he loves. He rebukes this church, and I certainly believe in modern times, he rebukes his church, his people. Because the church ain't a building or one specific location. His church is his people. And he rebukes this church because he loves them. And it's the same reason he rebukes us today. Because he loves us. He rebukes us and he disciplines us. And then he tells them and he tells us, repent. Repent. Teshuva, return to the Father, return to God's ways. He closes this letter saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. To the one who overcomes, I will grant the right to sit with me on my throne, just as I myself overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, Ruach, is saying to Messiah's communities. I know, verse 20 is frequently used as an altar call. Jesus is standing at the door of your heart and knocking. And I think it's fine to be used in that way. Today is the day of salvation. Open the door and let God in your life. Repent and turn to him. But, We must recognize, we have to see the context here. Context, 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 right? It's the three three most important things. Context, context, context. And, And in business, three most important things. Location, location, location. Here, it's context. We have to recognize that this verse is for the church. It is for people who are following him or were following him or were at least pretending to follow him, people claiming to be his. This letter is to the church, and he is saying to those who have become lukewarm in their faith, smugly self-satisfied and comforted with worldly riches, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will dine with him and he with me. And what does the great shepherd say about who hears his voice? If anyone hears my voice, the great shepherd said his sheep know his voice. Notice, he says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Let's think back to what he said to the church at Philadelphia. This is amazing. God is so good. He said to the church in Philadelphia just several verses back, I know your deeds. Behold, I have set before you an open door that no one is able to shut. He knows their deeds and has a door open for them because their deeds were reflective of their faith. They were doing the work. They were honoring, obeying God following his ways, and doing his works. To Laodicea, 
He lets them know he knows their deeds as well. Their lukewarm deeds. And he tells them, they better open the door. To those of his followers who hear and open the door, he will sit down and dine with them and they with him. And I do believe that there is a picture here, that there are references here to the marriage supper of the Lamb. To the one who overcomes, I will grant the right to sit with me on my throne. Just as I myself overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Yes, he has overcome the world, even as he said. He has overcome the world. He overcame death, sin, and the grave. And he has overcome this world. And as we have said so frequently, because he says this, he says this to the one who overcomes, and we've said this repeatedly, how do we overcome? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the sacrificial Lamb of God, Messiah Yeshua. We overcome by the blood of that sacrifice and the word of our testimony, which is yea and amen in Messiah. We are on the witness stand every day presenting our testimony as to whose we are. And what is the jury seeing? Hot, cold, lukewarm. Listen, we know who's behind the door. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as in the day in the wilderness. His sheep know his voice, even that still small voice. I pray we hear him open the door that he would enter in and dine with us and us with him. I appreciate you checking in, giving a listen. I'm a beggar who found bread, and I want others to know where I found it. The bread of life. The bread that, the only bread that truly satisfies. The bread of life is just behind the door. Open and let him in. The bread of life, Messiah Yeshua, Christ Jesus. And you and me, let's go out and give him heaven. <laughs>